Do 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 do. What up, everybody? Hey, I'm Chad Eckert, and that's Joe Idoni, and this is the Preferred Lines podcast, broadcasting every week, Monday evenings, talking about the golf betting board, cracking a beer, and enjoying a conversation. What's up, Joe? We've wait, reached the Wyndham week, your favorite week. What up, buddy? Uh, good to be back, man. Missed you last week. Uh, you did a great job holding it down. I enjoyed your anecdotes and your story. I think we'll have an end, a final chapter to that in a few minutes. But uh, pumped, pumped for this week, pumped to wrap up the season and get to the playoffs. And and we know I love me some Wyndham week. Yeah, dude, we've had a successful season. It's been fun. Um, before we get onto the story about the my bookie and trying to get the money off of them, and then re- going right into the Wyndham betting board, uh, we want to talk quickly about our friends at the Jock Market. This app is great, and actually, Joe. I found it more, f- I, you know, I do love golf and I love golf. Like I just could eat all the golf I could eat. But then, dude, once the football comes for this jock market app, like I feel like, I mean, ah, dude, Sunday mornings are like hectic when it comes to this app. Have you done NFL on jock market? Hell yeah. I thought NFL was awesome, man. Um, it's great because it's like that 11 to 12 IPO hour and it's a ton of it's it's perfect it's good it's a great app i think anyone who's tried it has great things to say about it and they are good friends of us have supported us for quite a long time so we support them so if you're listening on itunes you can hear me tell you that if you haven't signed up for the jock market app you can sign up and deposit using the code pl and on your first deposit they'll match it up to 50 bucks. So if you put 50 in, Jock Market will just give you another 50. So you got $100 to spend. You could try it out this weekend or whatever. You could wait to the NFL. I don't know, whatever you want to do. But the golf's fun on there. So try it out. Jock Market, download the app. Now, Joe, uh, the truth is, is that I've got, you know, I want to put a, a bow on the story of the of the my bookie withdrawal. It's been crazy. Yeah. It is the Wyndham week, and we know that you love the Wyndham, and it's the week that you won $100,000. We'll get to that story real quickly, but I did one upon a time. I won some money a little bit, not as much as you won, but I won a little bit of money. We know. If you're kind of new here, you may not know that I won on Colin Morikawa at the Open, and then I won Cameron Champ at the 3M Open, so I had a little bit of money sitting inside of this offshore sports book. And if you've ever actually won money, which is rare, uh, and you maybe have tried to withdraw, you've run into the same situation. Cause Joe, the, I got about 10 DMS from different people that said that they ran into the same problem, trying to get money off of my bookie, including, uh, Shaughnessy or what's his name? The guy that's the producer of the PME experience. That kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, impossible about it as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you win, you want to take it out and you want to spend it or give it to your wife so she can buy carpet or whatever you need to do with this money that's yours. Uh, The truth is, though, Joe, these people on my bookie, they don't want me to get this money out. They want to keep it in there because we know it's gambling. And what do you do? You just lose money gambling like hello. So to recap, though. I'll revisit. I won money, tried to take it out, couldn't get the money out, was rejected. Withdrawal was rejected, and I was smacked last week with a $4,000 rollover. And if you're not familiar with what this means, it just means that I have to put into play $4,000 to get a chance to just withdraw whatever is in there. So, like, um, at the time, I had about 2500 in there, and I had about 
1800 that I still had to put into play. So it's insane. So I had to fulfill this $4,000 at $1,800. were just, so I solicited Twitter. If you don't follow me, I'm at Edina Realty. I'm a realtor for uh, Edina Realty. Last week, solicited bets. It was great. I had a bunch of people telling me I even bet on baseball for fuck's sakes. I don't have, you know, I haven't watched a baseball game forever. I was betting on baseball games that I didn't even turn on. I would just look at the results and see if I won the bet. <laughs> but I'm just trying to put money down and throw money in and get this rollover requirement filled. So, 1800 bucks. I'm like, Jesus, how am I going to do $1,800? Like, I, so then I thought, okay, I could do it over the next few weeks. And by then, you know, I've fulfilled this rollover requirement on stuff I want to bet on and maybe not lose it all immediately. And then it's like, nah, this is stupid. I just want to get this stuff out of my bookie. I hate these people. I don't know if they're going to slap me with like some sort of limit. Cause that's what I've heard they do is they put a $25 limit on you and then you can't even get to 1800 without betting a million things, uh, all sorts of horror stories. So I'm like, all right, let's fight this good fight. Let's get it going. Started betting on random baseball games, started putting stuff in and I started throwing in future bets. I basically developed my entire master's betting card already. It's over. up there too. I know. Yeah. So I went heavy on those. I bet on the Vikings to win the uh, NFC and division and, Super Bowl or whatever, just put a bunch of stuff into the futures, and then started hammering over on uh, the win or the uh, WGC. So we're we, Joe. I I, did, I got a little reckless going into the weekend. Went a little ham, um, betting some huge stuff, some stupid stuff. Um, I bet against the Twins on Sunday, and they and the Twins won somehow. Oh, I did a bunch of stupid things, um, but I had a bunch of ways that I could make my money back. Right. So I had, you know, I was starting to figure out a way to get like 20, 10 bucks on this guy to get some money. And so I'm just spreading and hedging and doing my thing all weekend long coming into Sunday to the point where I had a big bet on Burns pre-tournament 10 bucks to win 880 to one. Yeah. So I think I had the same bet you had on Burns. Yeah. I had that going. I had uh, an answer ticket that I got the night before, which wasn't as nice, but it was still a little bit of money back. So he was cool. I was cool if he kind of, you know, it's not as cool, but I was cool with him winning. I had a, I was heavy as F on Bryson. Like I just went hammer on Bryson in the tournament as it was going Sunday morning, all literally like just hammering plus numbers on Bryson. So if Bryson would have won, I would have walked like with, with triple my money, literally. So that was who I was really thinking. Like I should have bet this dude at 29 to one. I was pissed. I didn't put the house on him. <sighs> Regardless, I get to like middle of the round. It's past the ninth hole. And these dudes are, you know, Harris English is in control. No laying up is tweeting that he's just making birdie on every hole. And he looks like an iron God. And I'm like, it's over. So what did I do? I just went, I, like, I've done this before. You know, this is kind of my strategy. God, it's such a bad strategy. <laughs> well, I got burnt this time. And oh, I wasn't gonna yeah, be of course you got burnt. No, I so I wasn't going to be honest. I was, like, thinking about, like, maybe I won't tell these people the truth and I'll just save face a little bit and not, like, tell them the truth. But then I was like, no, because I want to I want to share. Like, I went for, I went to cover my Bryson, literally, by betting on Harris English. So, we put a thousand dollars on Harris English. <laughs> like, Are you serious, dude? It 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 smashed the the floor of this rollover. Like I just said, oh, rollover, what? <laughs> Done. Yeah. And so then at that point, I was like, I can get all of it back. You know, like all of it, and I'm made whole, and I can give the finger to my bookie once Harris wins, and I, and he's up by three. 
and I don't care. We're going to talk about it tomorrow on Monday or whatever. Oh my God. And then he for literally forgot how to hit an iron. He, he, I mean, I'm, you know, he got Bryson and he got ruined, but ultimately like he just, just got, he just lost, forgot how to play golf. It was incredible. So I lost all my money on him. It's crazy. I think it's just like, I don't know if it's so much that he forgot. It's just golf, man. It's hard. Like you just can't, you, you, you can't bet the favorite who's up going into the back nine. It just usually doesn't work out. Um, well, but I'm glad, you got a over. I'm glad that you got a portion of your winnings minus a thousand dollars able to cash out. So now that saga is over with and you'll yeah. never accept a rollover bonus again. And hopefully no, you guys no, no. have so all I've, I've learned, learned a ton. And the, the first and foremost thing is to never play any of those free rolls, free plays, any of that crap they try to entice you with. Cause those are what's going to hit you with that rollover. Really, truly. I don't like, I like playing for smaller stakes. I like doing this future stuff. I don't really ultimately like betting on a minus 200 baseball game. Like that's not for yeah. me. And like learned that about myself, learned about hedging a little bit more and learned that if a course um, is known for having the most water balls in on tour, yeah, maybe wait they get through the worst of the water holes, <laughs> then decide. It's a chance to bet on live. So, you know what? We tried. We did our best. We did fulfill this rollover requirement. So we achieved that. Now, um, I did make, you know, I have $750 worth of uh, futures on there. Like, you know, <laughs> there's that. Um, and I was able to cash out 1500 bucks. So ultimately, yes, my bookie won. And I was texting my brothers. I'm like, God damn it. My bookie, I, they, I did exactly what they wanted me to do. I'm Exactly. Yeah, so uh, whatever. You, you know, walked right into the cheese that was in the trap. Yeah, so then, okay, the dust settles. I did have an EVR bet, so I was waiting for the Barracuda to close mm. out. And then I was like, here we go. We're going to try this out again. We're going to ask for this money that's mine. Do the whole thing on my bookie. Go through the rigmarole. Rejected. It says, uh, like, it, it got to a point, Joe, where it was going to send my phone a text message to confirm my identity or something. And so then it just never did. And I'm like, oh, here we go. This is the scam where they know they're not going to give you a text. So you're never going to be able to do it. So then blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, nope, I'm going to go to the live online chat at the bottom. So I chatted with some live online person or whatever. And they sent me an email address to send an email to with the details. Great. <laughs> do you sure think I've heard works. a response since last night? No. No, so there's that. So the saga hasn't concluded. Like, I'm trying to get this Bitcoin onto my Coinbase wallet so that I could transfer it into dollars so that I could put it into my bank account so my wife can spend it. Or she's already spent it. But either way, I have not fulfilled the dollar getting. I fulfilled the rollover requirement. So we're still not all the way there. But yeah, so there was that. Now, not the same when you win on DraftKings, is it? Joe. Well, no. Um, you got to pay taxes when you uh, <laughs> on DraftKings, a heavy tax bracket bill. But um, yeah, Wyndham week. Uh, this was the week where I had the luckiest sort of run of my life. This time, last so when, year. yeah. Now you're you. You've always done DraftKings. It wasn't like this was new yeah. or you were doing DraftKings for the first time ever. And you won but I'm like, and got lucky. I've, I, I enjoy DraftKings. You know, I'll, I'll put money in there 
into contests every week. I'm trying to hit the lotto ticket. Like I think a lot of people utilize DraftKings for, I don't play the double ups. Uh, I'm trying to win a, a massive GPP and like have that one amazing week. And I had it. Um, I don't, like the I, I it was the drive to the green contest. I put in two entries. That was it. Um, so I don't like I'm not 150 max entering this. I like to hand build. We've talked about this before. I had one of the chalkiest lineups in the entire contest because we've talked about this before, how I don't really look at chalk. Uh, and it worked. I was in you like I remember definitively it was like Saturday night. I was like at a food truck and you were like, you're in first. We have to tweet this. And I was like, we're not tweeting this. <laughs> well, you were like, yeah, you know, I love like, to tweet things. You're like, we have to, we have to like to tell people this so they can kind of sweat this with you. And I was like, don't tell anyone. And then I think like a half an hour later, I like finally gave you the green light. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Yeah. So it was so a fun sweat. I remember I, yeah. sweating it in my bathroom that I was renovating. I was home alone. I was like redoing knobs and like painting cabinets and like trimming out a mirror. Um, and I was sweating it on my phone via shot tracker only. Denny so McCarthy. Who were you sweating the most? Do you remember? It was Denny because he oh. had like the round of the day. I think he was seven or eight under and he was making everything. And then it was fun. Like I, I, I didn't finish first. I thought I was third. I remember like pulling up Periscope and like I was talking to you about like how do finishing positions work. And then I think it was Rob Oppenheim who bogeyed 18. He missed like a four footer on 18, which vaulted one of my guys into a top 10 position instead of 11th, which gave them like two extra points, which got me to T2, which was like a $38,000 difference, uh, which was fun, man. It was awesome. Uh, I'll never forget it. It was life-changing. I put that money toward buying a new house, a deposit, and um, we were very, very happy. And I like, I remember it was weird because August 8th, which was yesterday, was my anniversary, right? So this time last year was my five-year anniversary. I'm out to dinner with my wife, and I just remember like she's never really like question me on any of this because you and I, like, you know, we spend a ton of time and energy away from our families and our marriages and our kids. And we put it into this stuff that we really care about and talking about golf and like trying to find an edge. And like you and I aren't huge stakes gamblers, but like we put a lot of time and energy into it. And, and at that point we had kind of just started the podcast. Um, mm -hmm you know, we were relatively unknown or for, I was at least. And she was just kind of like needling me in like a very nice way. Just like, what is your, what's your goal at all this? Like where, what's the end game? <laughs> and I just remember telling her, like, I don't know. I don't know, but like, <laughs> I enjoy it and I'm just going to keep going and, and see what happens. But like, I feel like a breakthrough is like coming the next week hit this huge ticket. It was like 119,000 total payout. I cashed it all out. Um, you know, the story was written and I don't really like, I, I haven't upped my stakes. Like I don't play a lot. of. I don't pour mm -hmm. thousands in there now. I took all the money out. I put it toward a house and my family and things for us and a vacation. And I, I play the same amount, you know, I don't live any differently. So it was fun. I hope to one day do it again, but I won't be surprised if I never get close at the same time. Yeah, do you think you'll do it again? 
you know, it's DraftKings is so hard, dude. Like mm-hmm. last week, I had a really good sweat. So I was 19th in the driver, which I think is the it's the hundred dollar contest. Okay, I was 19th going into Sunday. Well, uh, yeah. So GP, which was like I think it was either eight or nine hundred was like the payout, which I'm okay. like good, but I'm like I had you know 19th, you have a chance. First is twenty five thousand. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I'm, I'm in this. I'm in the top twenty. Things go right. I didn't even cash. Oh yeah. I didn't even cash. Like that's how hard this is to like get it all right and keep it all right. Um, and I remember like even Nelson, who runs like the Sims, who does cut sweats, who we like fully endorse here, was like running the Sims on my lineup heading into Sunday, and he was like, you know, you've got a a one point three. Ch- I was leading. He's like, you have a one point three chance of winning. <laughs> so I wasn't really expecting much. So it's sure. it's so hard. I don't really expect it to ever happen again. I think that I'll have a couple more sweats along the way, but. Um, never forget it, man. I love it. And that was so fun. We, uh, you know, you can relive that. You can go back on YouTube forever, Joe, and you can see me dressed yeah. up as the chicken, uh, celebrating our, our coming out party kind of thing. It's cool. We'll relive it forever, buddy. That was yeah, story well, time I, at preferred lines. You know, I hope to, uh, to relive it with you this week again, maybe with this board, but then also, come February when we're at the Honda Classic for the DFS Open. We'll celebrate together in person for the first time ever. That's right. Oh, what's up? Oh, my gosh. I neglected the chat. What's up, Norfolk? Our coach is in here. You got Jeff is in here. Yo, Jeff. Jeff, oh. big hit last week. Congrats, buddy. Yep. Jeff is uh, mega profiting. Um, Jesse's in here. Tip your cap. What's up? Uh, yep. Who else is in here? Augie's in here. Everybody's in here. Yes, the Wyndham Week, baby. And um, Brian just got here. Hi, I'm sorry I'm late. Well, whatever, you're not late because we haven't even gotten to the betting board. Holy shit. It's 18 minutes in. Let's open up the betting board and let's look to see who is at the tippity tip top. It is Webb Simpson on this book at 10 to 1 and Hideki Matsuyama not far behind and neither is Louie. They're 14 and 16 to 1. Did you reach the top of the board? Are you going back to Wind or to Webb Wyndham Simpson? Well, Webb was in the winning lineup uh last year. He was my like Ultra chalk at the top. Mm-hmm. I will not be going back to him here. I think that he's in far worse form, and I don't think that he should be the favorite. I think mm-hmm. it should be probably Hideki or Louie. Sure. I know he loves it here. The record is undeniable, but he had a really actually a good Sunday push last week at the WGC. That said, um, you know, 10 to 1 is no good. I see some 12s out here on odds checker. I'm on actually, I should mention odds checker. So oh, yeah, I do a piece you- there. A DFS piece. So you want my Wyndham picks? I'll put them up there. I'll retweet the article this week. Uh, check them out. I am 20 for 20 in made cuts. Dude, you know what? You want to know something funny? I uh, read your article this week. Did you see or, answer in there? No, last week or whatever. But And then I was like, it's chalk, 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 oh. chalk, chalk. And I just in my head was like, Jesus, there's all these chalk names. I'm like, fuck Joe. Well, hey. turns out Chalk Week and Joey what's chalk. funny is the Chalk lineup of the narrative lineups, which I do, I tweeted out, uh, that was the winning lineup, was the Chalk lineup. So then, not you know, it doesn't always pay to be contrarian. Listen, don't move. If you think a guy is going to play well, fuck the ownership percentage. Like, honestly, it, it, it's, it's uh, too many people move off of a guy because they think he's going to be 25% owned that they think is going to play really well. And then surprise, they play really well. 
Everything lined up for them. They had been playing well. It's a great course fit for them. And surprise, surprise, they finished top five. And, you know, an additional 10% of people moved off of him to get mm-hmm. contrarian. Like, I, I I don't know. I played yeah, two lineups, ate all the chalk, and and did it. So I'm, I'm a living testament that don't worry about chalk. Yeah, and definitely read this kid's article if you want five of five through the through the cut. <laughs> um, It'll be tougher this week. Jeff's in here. Austin's in here. If you guys are in here and you haven't hit the like button, you know boy. we say those things not just for the good of our health, but because it really does help. Jerks, hit the like. Just hit the dislike button. I don't care. We don't really care. We're not really paid all that much. We're just friends with the people at the jock market, and they give us a little bit of money to tell you that. And then we try to win money on the betting board. And I don't think I'm going to do it at the top of the board. Maybe I'll do it at the 20s because that's where you see Patrick Reed here at 20 to 1. Man, the Iron Man is playing every single week, and he is here uh, again. Jason Kokrak's 22. Harmon is at 22. Will Zalatoris is 28 to 1. Any interest in the 20s? Reed is the Iron Man. The Pat Reed World Tour continues. This is, I believe, his sixth week in a row. He's going to play all through the FedEx Cup playoffs. He's going to be on the Ryder Cup roster. I would imagine he gets selected unless Stricker is crazy. Um, you got to put him on the team. So uh, the World Tour continues. He is has great course history here. Number two in strokes gain total uh, at Sedgefield that I have in the last six years. And he's also like an, an incredible putter on these greens, which matters. Like Donald Ross greens are weird. They're funky. They have tiers. They have levels to them. Um, they take experience. They take knowledge. They take touch. Uh, he yeah. has all those things. I think sure. that he's going to play really well. If I was going to make a selection inside of, say, 30 to 1, he would be the guy. I have not pulled that trigger mm-hmm. as of yet, but I'm pretty sure you have. Right? No, you know, I didn't do no. read. I haven't done it. I was just, I'm scared off by the fatigue factor. The truth is, is that as soon as I opened up the book, I saw Will Zalatoris at 28 to 1, and I thought that that was value. So I hit it, and I was thinking about hitting it harder, but I hit it softly, not on my bookie, <laughs> on a different book. Again, I'm still betting legally here in Minnesota. So I would drive to Iowa to do it if I wanted to do it under the law. But as uh, as of now, I hit it a tiny bit, uh, but you know, I don't know if I'm very confident in that. You know, your tweet with the wedge play, and you got some other factors and stuff like that. Um, Will Zalatoris is coming in, having a little bit of the pressure uh, from the area. A guy that went to Wake Forest and somebody yeah. that maybe has a pressure of being, you know, getting his first win. Maybe he even feels like he should do that maybe he's played this course a ton of times on his own so some of that stuff you'd think oh that's why you should bet him but then on the other side of the flip side i think oh well that never pays off and that never works so that's why i was i just lightly hit that will zalatoris anything for to say to that yeah i I don't love him this week to be honest with you chad i did take him last week at 71 i feel like this number is a little bit short Mm -hmm. um you mentioned the narratives of of really He's not in the FedEx Cup playoffs. He's like mm. technically not even has his – he's like on a temporary membership exemption, so he's got to get that win. But I'm not really looking at that stuff this week. I'm not going to factor in guys on the FedEx Cup like cut line or whatever you want to call it. It's a tough narrative to go along with. Right. But there is a narrative that I do like this week. You got to be in the fairways at this place. 
Like six of the last seven winners have finished top 10 in the week in fairways gained mm-hmm. that particular week. Uh, the majority of them actually in the top three. So mm-hmm. the percentage of fairways hit for guys who have success here is incredibly high. Uh, Will Zalatoris is 126th in the field. He's 113th in opportunities gained, which means he he really isn't giving himself enough birdie looks at a place that is going to turn into essentially a birdie fest, right? The scoring is going to be low. It always is. Um, The proximity numbers weren't great from some of those wedge ranges. I feel like he's really good on a long difficult golf course. U.S. Open type, Augusta type versus a shorter birdie fest fairways are imperative. Um, it's just, you know, he's a great player. He could do mm-hmm. it obviously, but I just, those are my sort of knocks against him this week. If I was going to play the other side of the coin. Sure. So then let me see if you have any interest in our guys in the thirties. I mean, you got Bermuda man himself, Sung J M at 30 to one Russell Henley. This kind of fits the style of golfer that he is at 30 to one. Kevin, nah, it's 35 to one. You could go into the forties, but you have interest in those three names in the thirties at all. A ton of interest in Henley. My favorite play of the week so far. He was the first bet of the week for me. I got a 35 to one on him 30 to one here on DraftKings Sportsbook. There are higher numbers than that out there. Um, Let me see what the actual best number is. So yeah, there's 35s at Will Hill bet three, six, five, uh, according to odds checker, but shop that around. There's better numbers. But look, he when I looked at those wedge ranges, right? Pitching wedge, gap wedge, nine iron, maybe eight iron, basically 120 yards to 175 yards. He's first in one category, second in the other. Hmm. Uh, when you sort by sort of strokes gained in terms of really easy scoring conditions relative to par, First in the field, top 10 at this event last year. I think that his game is trending well. I think he's the perfect fit for a place like Sedgefield Country Club, uh, and and I think he's going to play well. He's my favorite play, uh, definitely at the top of the board, if you consider 33-1 to one at that number. How does he do on Bermuda putting? Is he good at that? Uh, let me pull it up. I have it right here. Because I, I think that's putting. a factor. Yeah, absolutely. Strokes game putting, Bermuda Russell Henley is 45th, so it's not great. He's in the top, what, 25% though. Yeah, cool. Which is pretty good. That helps because you just need to find the guy that gets hot with the putter. We know that that's how you win on the PGA Tour. You put all the things together all at once, but it requires a putter typically to get the win. Now, Adam Scott has a good putter over the last year or so. He's been putting pretty consistently. He's at 40 to 1. He's at some, you know, we don't see a lot of Adam Scott on the PGA Tour anymore. Not sure if I'd go for that. What about a Siwoo Kim at 40? Now, is that the bet in the 40s, or do you have any other interest? I mean, there's names like McIntyre, Fleetwood, Schwartzel, Woodland, and Wolf. Seamus Power, could he get another win? I really like Robert McIntyre. I think hmm. that he's a fantastic talent. I think he's probably hmm. the, the, the most upside in terms of career ceiling in this range i don't love this fit for him i do think that he has a lot to play for in terms of getting his pga tour card locked up in terms of he's sort of right on that line of european Ryder cup as well uh, which he could potentially get in i think he would i honestly think he would make a fantastic captain's pick um but i but siwoo's got to be the guy like i didn't bet it but 
he'll tell you, and I know Mayo tweeted this out, that this is the place to play Siwoo. He was on that roster that I had last year that won me all the money. Um, he was first heading into Sunday here last year. He hit one errant tee shot where he shouldn't have taken driver. He should have just took a four iron and gotten to the fairway, and he blew it out of bounds. And he, he melted a little bit late and, and on yeah. Sunday, but he still finished really well. I think this is a great course for him. Uh, I'm not so much worried about the 13 that he took on a par three last week. I think he's a great bounce back player. Well, the problem with that, though, Joe, is that his strokes gained approach statistics are going to be god awful. They're a little, they're a little uh, jaded this week, exactly. Yeah. Um, so maybe um, he but, won't pop on a model anymore for the rest of the season because he just gave up on that hole. Um, well, you know, you could go to Fleetwood at forty-five. You go to Charles; those games played well, okay, decently. I don't know, whatever. Gary Woodland got a top ten at the, Bar- at the Barracuda thing. I saw that. But what about Wolf, man? Wolf at 45 in this field, couldn't he just kind of show up and be the class? You know, I think so because I don't know. I don't know. I liked him better last week, honestly, at like 110 to 1. But his his wedge play is actually really dialed in right now. I worry about his accuracy, and and I want to lean on what I leaned on last year, and that was hitting a ton of fairways and getting it in play off the tees Uh, because the way – like the only defense of this course, and these guys are going to tear it up, so the defense is is pretty weak. But at the same point, the only defense is getting offline, and the Mm. complexes of these greens, while rather large – demand that you're on that you leave yourself the proper putt okay. there will be three putts there's creative sort of runoffs if you're on the wrong level there's just a ton of lag putting that that's okay. that's donald ross and this is quintessential donald ross course um so you've got to be in the fairway you've got to give yourself the proper angle in and you've got to leave yourself in the correct spot on the green in order to be aggressive with your putts i think that he's so good that he can win just about anywhere um, but I haven't bet it yet. Have you? No, actually. The truth, Joe, is that with these birdie fest kind of courses and tournaments, you kind of really do lean the names that are down the board, the ones that are the longer shots, because it's more fun. They have just as good a sh- chance to win, typically. So then would you go with the 50s? Would you go with Streelman or Ricky Fowler or maybe Sebastian Munoz is here, 55 to 1, Kisner and Snedeker and Gooch? I mean, these are people that we've been very I, – I, they are winners on the tour. They are people that we're putting money on regularly. They're in the 50s, which is in this field seems kind of like value. One of the names in this section of names I've really honed in on as the house bet. Who? Brand Sned, Mr. 59 here, right? He had a 59 here. It was a couple years ago uh, when did I think he went wire to wire to win that tournament. Almost didn't, but did. Um, Snedeker at 55 to 1 presents value to me. These All of these names in this range could just be your card because these all have value. They have win equity. They have potential. They have motivations. Uh, they fit the course. Typically, some of these people like Bermuda. Some of these people can do a plotter like Kisner or whatever. But Brand Seneker stood out to me. I've been following this guy closely ever for a couple reasons. First of all, I think he is truly looking for that 10th PGA Tour win, 
which is weird to say, but there are guys that kind of hang that hat and say, this is on my Wikipedia page. This is something that's going to put me into the Hall of Fame. I like that. I think that Snedeker knows that about him. I also like the fact that Snedeker has played better recently. So, yes, I could say, yeah, wow, what the hell? Snedeker basically died. Like, a lot of these dudes do. They die. In the beginning of the season, he was awful. He missed, like, eight of nine cuts. He tried him on DraftKings a whole bunch of time, lost money on him. So I at least feel like I followed that. I I let that go, stepped away from Snedeker and let him kind of return to form. And I've watched and I've seen and I've kind of looked. And then I said to myself, let me do some research on this stuff. And I saw the way that he's played the last couple times out. I'm interested in it. I didn't think he fit well for the Open Championship. He made the cut. He finished top 20. So lots of stuff going for Snedeker. Uh, then you also come into a course that he's familiar with, that he likes. 55, I just like that number. I think that's a great value. So if anybody in the 50s, I think you're going to have to try Snedeker out. A $7,900 Snedeker, write him up in your odds checker article. There's another guy there that will be in the odds checker article in the 8K range. He's also 55 to 1 there. I bet him it's Kiz. Okay. Um, so here's the thing about Kiz. Uh, 23 stroke, like plus 23 in strokes gained in his last three times at the Wyndham. He's crushing it here. Finished third last year. He was on like a mini, like peak Kisner run where he almost kind of like stormed the travelers. Then let me pull it up. What was the other one? Then in top 10 at the rocket mortgage where he went back, which is also a Donald Ross course, which I know some people are making some comps here. Um, Lost, like, I don't know what happened, but he lost 9.3 strokes on approach last week. I don't know if it was like a Siwoo Kim situation where he, he dumped a couple in the water. On, oh, on he like gave a- up. I watched him. All- Did he? Or, okay. I, I watched Whatever. all of a sudden he went down. And, you know, and I was like, what the hell? I don't think, like, here's the thing. I remember him coming into this event, I feel like, last year at like 30 to 35 to 1. I think if he finished like top 20 last week, he'd be about the same because he's got a fifth and an eighth before that in the two PGA Tour events. Um, he can get that really hot putter. And like, I remember watching, I don't know if it was leading into like when he took on like the Barstool boys. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Oh, when yeah. He like played against those guys. Briggs, yeah. um, that he was, that he had them out to like his home club in Georgia mm-hmm. or in Aiken, I think in mm-hmm. South Carolina. And it is like the old school Donald Ross course. Um, and that's what this is. So, like, mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to draw a lot of similarities there. He's going to have a comfort level there. And I, I just think that he presents a lot of value in this mid-8K range on DraftKings. And I think that 55-1 to 1, uh, is a good bet that I would fully endorse anyone making. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I could you could argue that Struman went to Duke University and knows the area or whatever. I don't know what. North Carolina people do. Um, Fowler, somebody that's played a little bit better recently. You got Sebastian Munoz won on Bermuda before. You got Taylor Gooch, who does like Bermuda, and we know that he's kind of due to break out. So this is the range of names. Or, dude, you could go Johnny Vegas, 60 to 1. You got this Mito guy at 65. Uh, Bubba's here. EVR's back. I mean, I think that, though, if you're going to do that, maybe you reach further. But I wanted to, before we go to the longer 100-to-1 guys, how about mm-hmm. a Hank Labiota on your card this week at yep. 70? Yep. He's on? He's on. Yep. Okay. Cameron Hank is back on the card. Um, of course. Love this guy, man. I'm just not going to miss it with him. Um, I feel good. like he's been playing so good. I'm a little bit worried about, 
you know, the, the little bit of time off between when he was really sort of peaking. And I think that he had the, the family issue where his dad got sick. Um, yep. So he had no. to go home in the middle of a tournament with Drew a couple of weeks ago. But just like it, 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 he rates out terrific. Um, no, so he, this, the, the thing that scares ahead. me, though, because like uh, when I first got into DraftKings, Drewby was one of the guys that was like, are you worried about that guy's putter? Because he's been riding it for a week or two now. And I was like, Drewby, you shut up. I don't care about the guy's putting stats. Uh, that was just because they're good. That doesn't mean anything. But then I was like, oh, wait. That kind of goes away quicker than iron play goes away. His strokes gained putting over the last four outings, I believe on Fantasy National, it shows plus four, plus five, plus six, whatever it is. Can he sustain that, or can he hit a plus three and still do this same result? Well, I'll give you some stats to kind of help you out with the iron play. Six okay. in greens and regulation. Uh, third in proximity from 150 to 175 range, which there are going to be a ton of shots. That's like, that's going to be Hank Lebiota's range. Like I searched for two of them, the 125 to 150 and the 150 to 170. Basically the shorter range is for the longer hitters. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that he's going to fall in that a little bit of a longer range, but there's still going to be wedges for him. Those are going to be nine irons. So there may be going to be a long eight iron into the wind, but he's third there. Um, and, and he's great at par four scoring 400 to 450 yards. He's first in the field. Now you're right. A lot of that does rely on him hooping in some 45 foot putts, but putting is also like, it's weird. Like think about, like think about how much confidence there is with putting, like just okay. in, in us going out as weekend golfers, right? Like if you putted right. well last week and you're staring at a 25 footer on hole one, instead of just like, praying not to three putt it you're all of a sudden thinking like let's make this maybe it could you know what i mean so i think that there's a lot of confidence there i think that there's some some good karma on his side the ball striking has been off the charts as well so um 70 to one i'm in on hank all right we gotta ask you about a guy it he is down the board a little further at about uh what is this guy um Keep scrolling. Holy shit. You're going to be able to get Doc Redman on this book at 130 to 1. Did you do Dak Dr. Redman? I haven't. Okay. Why not? Um, Mr. North Carolina, isn't he? I know. I haven't yet. And he was on the roster too last year. I think that he finished third here. Um, But there were so many more positive signs for me that I remember definitively looking toward last year to be like, this is a great play. Um, and I just don't see as many of them right now. I'm not sure. How did he play last week at the, at the Barracuda? I didn't follow it much. I'm not really sure. Mark Hubbard right above him was also one of my plays last year that finished top 10. Um, so these guys, like, I'll never forget these guys on that lineup, but I just haven't done either. One guy that I did do that you kind of moved over. I got a 90 to one on, I'm not sure what he was there, but it's Chez. Um, I feel like this could be a great spot for Chess. I talked about hitting fairways and the importance there. Um, Second in the field there. Ninth in approach over the last 24. First in the proximity range. Eighth in par four scoring. Um, He's had a cold putter, but I feel like this could be one of those spots that is just a natural good fit for how his game is trending right now. Uh, And that's a pretty big number on a guy who's, who's in good form. Okay, what about Denny digging in the Denny dirt? Can we go to a top ten on Denny McCarthy, or is are we? Is he? 
Is he bad now? I haven't done it, but yeah, he's been pretty bad right now. I think he's at three hundred to one when I look. I can't find him. Oh, um, my book hasn't put out the top ten odds yet. But what yeah. do they have in there? Twenty eight to one. Okay, yeah. like if I get that, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that because I to one top ten off that Sunday, like uh, seventy four, where he made everything last year. So yeah, he's not going to win. Um, could he top twenty this week? Maybe um, it's a good course for him and his strengths when he's playing really well, but the form hasn't been good. And he's been missing a ton of cuts. Now, I don't know if you feel the same way as the Twitter community feels about Michael Gellerman, but 35 to one on a top 10. I mean, based on some of the statistics, that seems interesting. That's are off the chart. Yeah. Um, Seventh in greens and reg, third in approach, fourth in ball striking, eighth in proximity. Um, yeah, 35 to one's a huge number on a top 10. I'd probably look more to top 20 and maybe take like uh, anything double digits there on him. Sure. Um, hasn't really been my brand. Like I haven't bet him right. yet, although I know a lot of people that have. Um, but he's also stone men in DraftKings at $6,000. So he's going to be super popular. Uh, we know I don't really care about that. So if you find a way and you need uh, a cheap guy in your lineup, if you go heavy up top, I think that he makes the best option there. Stewie, hi. Stewie, hey, retweet King. Uh, yeah, um, I did just reveal the house bet. I guess you're lucky that you're here listening live. Um, and if you are, you could do the liking and the subscribing, the retweeting and all of those things. That would just yeah. be helpful. That's about Please. all we got for the program. It went a little long. We had to talk about my bookie. We had to talk about the Wyndham win for Joe from last year. And maybe we could celebrate again on Sunday. Maybe we'll just strap back on that chicken suit, do it all again, win a mega profit. We did have a little story time. So thank you guys for bearing with us. Appreciate you for watching. Like, subscribe, give us a retweet. Um, like we said, all that stuff helps out. Uh, we appreciate you greatly. And thank you for joining us. See ya. Peace.